Welcome to the Gone Grow Show with Bree and C, a podcast created to help you unplug from pop culture and into Christ. Welcome to the Gone Grow Show with Bree and C. How are you doing, C? Doing well, Bree. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Um, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. If you didn't know, May is Mental um, Wellness Month. Did you know that, C? I have heard that, and I'm glad that they do devote a month towards mental health. It's very important. Yes, it's very important. We're a little late, but we have an episode um, about mental wellness with Brittany Moses, who is a faith and mental wellness blogger. She's doing some great things um, with faith and mental wellness. Um, You can hear more about what she does in the interview I was able to do with her. So definitely check out the show notes too. Um, As you're listening to the interview, have some pen and paper, take notes, but don't get stressed out if you If no you miss something, we don't want to add stress on a Absolutely interview about not. mental wellness. That's no, the last we thing we want to, to do. Encourage your wellness <laughs> and your mental health. Right. Because <laughs> she lists a lot of um, sites and blogs and things. So we have links to all of that in our show notes. So it will be located at www.goandgrowshow.com slash EP22. So that's where we'll have all the information if you don't catch something that she says. Excellent. Yes, we hope you enjoy the interview. Enjoy the interview, guys. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I'm really excited. We're joined by Brittany Moses. Brittany is an L.A. native pursuing clinical psychology. Her mission is to encourage the intersection of faith and mental wellness. Her website is BrittanyAMoses.com, which is a great mental wellness resource. It features blogs, journal prompts, and Bible studies in so many different areas involving wellness. Her site gets about a half a million monthly visits, which is amazing. Um, She's also a contributing writer for the Huffington Post and Project Inspired. And she also recently released a faith and wellness, faith and mental wellness app which you can access all of the the resources on her website on your phone, which is very convenient and very helpful for probably everyone. I I really, I have downloaded it and it's been uh, very helpful for me. So I'm really excited. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, Brittany. Hi, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yes, I'm I'm so um, thankful you're able to join us. Um, Thankful for your time. I know it's going to be a great discussion. So. looking forward to it um is there anything in your your bio that you would like to add um I am a mommy to my sweet Austin who's seven years old (laughs) and um yeah I'm also currently in in school for clinical psych so other than that that is like sounds like you kind of got it there (laughs) so May is mental health awareness month And we're going to discuss um, some of the things that Brittany's done with mental wellness. And and we're just going to have a a good conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. So, Brittany, what inspired your your passion for mental wellness? Yeah. um, Well, I I guess if I were to go forth myself first, I personally struggled with mental health and my own, my own personal journey. Um, I've never been diagnosed. Um, but it's been more episodic. You know, I dealt with self-harm as a teenager. I've had serious bouts of depression and, um, dealt with a lot of anxiety, especially after I went through, um, 
my divorce with my ex. So, you know, I, I've had episodes of it personally, um, and I've gone through therapy throughout my life, um, many, in, many times just as a preventative to help keep my thoughts and goals on track. Um, so that's, I guess, coming from a personal standpoint, I have that. But also, I was a part of a number of church plants and witnessed, you know, just mental health issues throughout the church where there was not, um, how do I say this, where a lot of leaders just weren't equipped or understanding how to meet the needs of those who had these issues. So just, I want to say experience, just experience personally and around me really. And even in my own ministry, when I was running Unashamed Impact, that nonprofit with young adults, seeing a lot of them struggling with mental health issues, suicidal thinking, all of that. Um, and I, and I really felt like that was the direction that I was being called to. Right. That's so true. The church hasn't been too vocal about mental health. There's another uh, podcast, the Jude 3 Project, and I'll put a link to their episode in our show notes that kind of discuss the reasons why um, um, some of the things why why churches might be apprehensive about talking about mental wellness. Yeah, there's a lot of stigma and um, misunderstanding in the faith community. I mean, just in general, but a lot in the faith community. And, you know, one in four Americans have or will experience mental illness in their lifetime. So chances are someone in the row next to you or the pew behind you in your small group or on your leadership team or you yourself are struggling with a mental health issue in some way. So it's there, you know, and um, we're supposed to be healing. We're supposed to be a place of healing. Um, and that's something that we need to deal with. Yes. Do you take notice of mental wellness discussions in culture, I guess, especially Christian culture? Do you get kind of excited? (laughs) I do. It encourages me because, you know, I think that there can also be this idea within the church where um, you just you kind of have to have it together. And um, if something's wrong with you or you're going through something, something's wrong with your faith and therefore something's wrong with your character as a Christian, even though we all go through bouts. So to see others being vulnerable and transparent and talking about it and talking about it in a healthy way is encouraging because I've also seen the other spectrum where um, people are very condemning about it, very, I'll just say ignorant about it, and it's more harmful than helpful. So when I do see a healthy perspective being put out there and vulnerability and openness about it, I feel like we're, you know, we're healing this, this stigma just one expression at a time, for sure. It definitely encourages me. Yes, I, I love seeing it talked about in the media um, there are some Christian hip hop artists and, and other artists in different genres as well that kind of have talked about uh, mental wellness, even um, different topics like suicide. There's a rapper, yeah. one of my new favorite rappers, No Big Deal. He has a song called Suicide Nets. I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but okay. he talks about like people who are people he's known in his life who have thought about committing suicide and he even has struggled with it and how, you know, God is kind of like a suicide net who has like protected him and um, protected those people. And it, it's just a great, great song. I'll definitely uh, put the link to it in our, in our show notes so people can listen to it. to it. Yes. I would love to hear it and I can share it with others as well. It's important when people on platforms, um, are giving an example of what it looks like to get help, to be honest about your situation so you can, you know, 
find healing. That's great. Yes. So why is mental wellness important? And someone who might not be too familiar with it might say, is it just like, you know, doctor checkups for our minds instead of our bodies? Is it more than that? Um, do you think people have um, misconceptions about mental wellness? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, for one, I think that's a great question. First of all, why is mental wellness important? I think especially because sometimes we can, in the body, divide things as some things being more important to talk about than other things. You know, should we be talking about relationships more, godly relationships more? Should we be just talking about the straight gospel more? And we all play our role right in the body. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I, it's great that you've asked, you know, is mental wellness, is mental wellness important as well? Because that is an important part of the body that needs to be dealt with. And the reason why I guess I said, I should say I've chosen this end, (laughs) um, is because, you know, your life flows from your thoughts and there is nothing worse than being prisoner to your own mind. And anyone who has dealt with mental health issues, can relate to that, to what I'm saying, as far as feeling like your own prisoner. Um, it plays a foundational role in how we view our relationships with God, how we view ourselves, how we view the future, how we engage in our relationships and the world around us. And it can either, you know, um, it can either encourage our purpose or it can hold our, our purpose hostage. Um, and because our mind is the control center that rules how we interpret and conduct our lives. So in, in many cases, that can be a life or death situation. Um, so it's important. And like you said, you were saying, is it like a doctor checkup from the mind, just like the body? It is. It basically is. You know, mental health is like physical health. Um, we would go to the doctor if something was off with our bodies. If we broke a leg or got a virus, we would go to the doctors to make sure we could get healthy again. It's the same when it comes to our brains, um, you know, and there is a lot of stigma about it. You know, people think sometimes that people think mental health issues is a matter of faith, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. you should have more faith or this and that. And, you know, it's not a Christian thing. It's a human thing. Um, it's a, it's a physiological thing in most cases and it doesn't make you less of a Christian. There's no shame. Um, I think that it's, you know, it's, it's, it can feel shameful because it can look like something's wrong with you and you never want to feel like something's wrong with you. We have enough of our insecurities bombarding us with that message right. <laughs> time. So, but again, it, it is like, it is like getting a checkup for your body. Your mind, your mind is a part of your brain. Your brain is still a part of your body. It's just as important as physical health for sure. Yeah. And that's great. You mentioned that someone shouldn't be shamed for um, wanting to improve their mental wellness. Is there anything else you would like to say to someone who might be embarrassed? They might be scared to share with their family or go even do start doing the research to um, learn about mental wellness. I would say that more people are dealing with it than you realize. Um, like I said, I've dealt with it personally. I'll go first. Um, there are a lot of leaders, mothers, community figures, fathers, um, CEOs, you name it. There is mental illness doesn't discriminate against your beliefs, against your gender, against, um, your position, your status. There is no discrimination when it comes to it. And like I said earlier, one in four people have experienced it or are dealing with it on a consistent basis. So someone you know is dealing with it. Um, and I guess the general message is you're not alone, you know, and there's, there is no shame. Like I said, you would go to the doctor if anything else is wrong with your body. It's the same with your mind. 
And um, if we care about ourselves and want to look out for ourselves, then we, we should. Yes. Um, yeah, that's so true. And I, it's, you know, as Christians, sometimes we try to act like, you know, we have it all together and there's nothing yeah. going on wrong with us. And, and we go through, we go through life events and like uh, our life events happen to people around us that affect us. Like uh, for children, parents getting divorced or deaths in yeah. the family, all these things can, um, you know, uh, I want to say, they can lead to mental uh, problems or mental yeah. issues, um, depression or anxiety. I know when my parents got divorced, I went probably, I haven't, I haven't officially diagnosed myself, but I, there might've been some depression. I'm sure that yeah. affects so many people. Like you said, one in four. Yeah. But, more yes. Methodic, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, and one of those things that did help me was my mom did keep me very involved in the church. So I did get to see um, or get inspired through reading the word and um, yeah. listening to worship music that did um, play a part, I'm sure, in helping me uh, get over some things that might have happened in my past. So how would you say faith and mental wellness are connected? Um, they, well, they definitely impact one another. Um, cause you have to think about it. Faith is all about believing and having confidence in what is unseen. Um, right. Faith is the substance, substance of things hoped for. So it's a belief. Our mental health really defines the root of our core beliefs and these core beliefs guide our faith. So they're, they're, they're pretty hand in hand. You know, um, depression deals with guilt and shame. It cuts us off from the connection we need the most, God and people. Anxiety loses sight of the sovereignty of God and his love and his care for his children. Um, you know, and the Bible, the Bible makes so many references to the mind, you know, Romans 12 two, do not be conformed to this world, be renewed by the transformation of your mind. You know, um, Isaiah 26 talks about keeping the person in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on on God, on Christ. And of course, everybody kind of holds on to taking every thought captive and putting it putting it in obedience to Christ. Um, in Second Corinthians, and the Bible talks about having the mind of Christ, letting the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So I tell people, look, mental health tips are all over the Bible. Okay. <laughs> yes. Like, because God knows that our mind is the control center for how we uh, live throughout our lives. You know, um, you know, when the Bible talks about the heart, you know, guarding your heart, um, really the heart refers to the inner man, which is your mind, emotions, and will, right? Um, so literally the Bible is telling you to guard your mind. Um, and so they, they, they go hand in hand um, because depending on where your mental health is, um, that kind of directs and guides how you're thinking, how you're viewing God, how you're viewing yourself, how you're viewing the events in the world around you. And um, if that is not in light of God's word, his promise, or in light of your faith, then it's, it's, you're going to start developing more anxiety, more depression, more shame, more guilt, more withdrawal. They, def they, they go hand in hand. They, they, they work together. Yes, that's so true. Um, that's, that's powerful. And we, one of my favorite Bible verses is Psalms 27, um, 
13 through 14, it says, I would have despaired unless I, I had believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. And that is that I, I love it. And when I first read, I was like, yeah, this is a good one. I'm going to have to keep keep this one. Because when things happen in your life, you think, oh, gosh, what hope do I have? What is going to get me through this? Knowing right. that you're going to see God's goodness. It's, it's not the end. Knowing that, you know, God in Romans uh, 8, 28, as, as believers, all things work for our good. So just remembering those verses can definitely, um, I, I think, can help you in your, your mental wellness. And I want to say, you know, a lot of us as Christians, we know these verses, you know, and we still struggle. We know these things. We know we're supposed to let the spirit guide our mind. And we know we're supposed to be thinking in light of truth and having faith. Um, that's not the issue. The issue isn't knowing. The issue is believing um, because we recite what we know, but we live what we believe oh, and we yeah. think according to what we believe. So in a lot of these cases, it's not about the knowledge of scripture. Um, it's about God renewing your mind and speaking to you and the Holy Spirit, bringing it to life inside of you so that it really becomes a belief system where you can take a breath and say, God is in control and he does have a hope and a future for me, etc. cetera. Um, and that, that, that is, that's a healing start. It's the believing more than it is the knowing. Yeah. And and, 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 you know, that comes by hearing faith comes by hearing. So, um, so it's important, like you said, to hold on to those and say them over and over again, even until you believe it. When I was going through anxiety, I had a Christian therapist and I, here I am in ministry. I know the word <laughs> like, what you don't tell me? I know the word. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was about, I remember her telling me every time you have a thought, an intrusive thought that comes in, you know, speak this verse, repeat it 10 times if you must, or 10 times throughout the day if you must, until it becomes a belief, until you believe it. Um, because so, so yeah, it's, it's about believing it, not just knowing it. And I think that's where we have the harder crossover, but they work together. Absolutely. Yes, that's, that's so true. Um, as you've read the Bible and seen the different uh, people who wrote these verses, do you ever try and like diagnose the, the nah. people like, oh, David, he was, you know, depressed or Elijah, he was, he might have had something going on. For example, in uh, Psalms or in First Kings, he said, I've had enough, Lord, take my life. I am not better than my ancestors. Like just, sometimes they sound kind of a almost suicidal or kind of depressed. Do you have you right. ever done that? I don't diagnose them, <laughs> and you know, you know, it's it's um, like I said, it, it's a human condition. Yeah. Um. So and and some things are episodic. You know, when it comes to actually diagnosing mental illness, you have to have you have to you have to check off in multiple categories, yeah. and usually have gone through that for you know over six weeks or a couple to a few months for it to be an actual diagnosis. Some people think, oh, I have depression, when really you just had a really low moment that could have been caused by trauma or like you said, a divorce or, or things like that, and so it's just a it's it's melancholy 
melancholy. It's sadness as a result of your situation. And you're there for a while, but you come out. It's human. So it would, I wouldn't die. That's why I wouldn't diagnose. An actual <laughs> diagnosis is like a look can be a little bit more serious, but we can look at the Bible. We can look at characters and say, oh, they were just like us, you know, even yeah. the even the ones God chose and whose names are written, you know, um, they, they went through these bouts too. And I think if anything we can take from it, it's that it's, you know, we relate to it. It's a human thing. God still uses us even though we're broken. And even though we have these episodes and, um, and, but yeah, you do see signs of it, of mm-hmm. things that you do see signs where it's like, that looks like depression, but I haven't, diagnosed yeah okay. so we see glimpses of um glimpses of these things so i gotcha because i've done that a little with because uh, I, I like uh psychology a lot so i'll look and see like oh is this character more of a um introvert or extrovert and i just kind of i was just curious to see if you did things like that with um right with uh mental mental wellness with people in the bible yeah. Yeah, we all, and you know, I think that we all fall on a spectrum for these things. You know, I think we've all had bouts where we've experienced, we've experienced some form of depression or we've experienced some form of anxiety or really high and low mood swings. You know, I think we have all dealt with mental health issues on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us have just kind of dealt with it episodically or lower. And for some, it's their life. It's clinic, it's clinical, it's chronic, um, because it's, and that's why that's why it shouldn't be stigmatized. Because we've all we've all dealt with it at some level, and in the Bible we can de- we can totally see that relation with different people God used. Yeah. So, not only do we have things that happen to us in life, we also have um, the things that we watch on TV, the music we listen to. Do you think that TV, both uh, fiction? Uh, things we watch are nonfiction things like the news um, yeah. can impact our wellness oh yeah you know media definitely can have an impact on our thoughts feelings and behaviors um, it can alter our moods um, especially if we're connecting with what's going on I don't know about you but like I get into stuff I people I put myself in the person's shoes I yell at my tv I go why would you do that I I'll like cover my eyes if I know something bad is going to happen because I feel like it's real (laughs) (laughs) I get into it you know um and I think a lot of people do um but also you know it also has to do with the mental state of that person who's watching it so I wouldn't rule it out completely and be like, oh, if you keep watching this, you're going to be depressed. Like, you know, not necessarily. It has to do with the, the individual. You know, obviously, if the person is in a weak, vulnerable state of mind where they've been going through things and they've had certain thoughts and they haven't been close to God and their faith and their thoughts have been on a slippery slope, it's more likely that what you're watching can negatively impact you. Um, because you're in a vulnerable state. If you're, you know, if you're pretty stable and, you know, um, and then what defines stable, right? I don't know. But, you know, if you're doing okay, you know, and you're connected with God and your faith is at a, is at a, I want to say set point, you know, is at a homeostasis. It's kind of like, it's at that place where you're, you're usually just, you're, you're doing well, you're doing well spiritually where, you know, you're, 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 well, how do I say this? Cause you're not, I don't want to say you're okay. Cause we all consistently need to be growing. Um, right. 
But you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? Yeah, if you're if, at a, a set point, if you, it, it's not going to be a like a detriment to you because you're at a standpoint, you're at a right. mature place where it's not going to, you know, impact you negatively as much. And that's not to say that that's not to say that it, it can't because it still can. But basically what I'm saying is it, it depends on the viewer. It depends on where that person is because obviously if you're more vulnerable in your mind, in your faith, you're more likely to be influenced. Um, and, and so it, it's good to know your triggers, you know, like for example, the show 12 reasons or 13 reasons that came out. I still haven't watched it. So I haven't given an opinion because I'm not going to be ignorant about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I've seen um, different church blogs before it and some of them be against it. It's just interesting to see their viewpoints. On yeah, it. I've seen both. Um, I've seen both views, but I haven't actually seen the show. So I'm not going to speak on it. Yeah, me either. Um, I've had some, I've seen some where they say it's very triggering for them and some where it say, no, it's helped bring awareness and enlightenment as to what to look out for. Exactly. Again, is it, which one is it? It depends on the viewer. It depends on where that viewer is. And that is why when you watch TV, when you watch these shows, you have to know yourself. You have to know your triggers. You need to check in with yourself regularly, pay attention to if there has been shot, uh, shifts in your thoughts or moods that aren't quote unquote yourself? Are you kind of falling out of alignment with what you've known to be true with your values and beliefs? Um, you know, media will always be media. The world will always be the world. It's up to us to guard our hearts and minds and, and set those boundaries and um, be self-aware of how the things around us are affecting us. Yes, yeah, true. I was I saw your tweet about Iris on the Flash, and I don't get to talk about the Flash with too many people. I was like, oh, she's watching it too. I was. So are you are you Team Star Labs? Yes, and you know, I actually I wore a Star Labs shirt to work a couple weeks uh -huh. ago, and it really? was on a casual Friday, and no, even people who watched it like didn't get it, and I was like, guys, that's, that's just not okay. Come <laughs> on. But yeah, for I guess it's a spoiler for people who watch The Flash. Like one of the main characters, Iris West, who is The Flash's, or what's that? Yeah, that's her last name. Yeah. Um, who who's um dating, or I guess they're engaged, and yeah. the whole season revolved around her, um, her potential um death that could happen, and she yeah. did end up dying. And I saw what did you what did you say? That's not okay. <laughs> All I tweeted, I told people must have been like, what? Because I, I hate when people do that, by the way. Like, I hate when people just post something and you have no idea what they're talking about. They're oh. just like, oh, I knew. Should have done that or whatever. <laughs> That's not okay. And I'm always like, what, what are you talking about? You know, but I did that. I pulled that move, which I don't. <laughs> I was just, I was. I was truly affected by it. And I was also trying to sort out who the real Flash fans were. Mm. So. <laughs> Yeah, I I knew and I felt it and I was but I guess it's not a spoiler. It wasn't actually Iris. So did you have like a deep breath of relief when you watched it? I did. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, I was just like, uh, it, you know, but I was kind of like they, they couldn't just kill her off. Like, there's no way mm -hmm. I knew it had to be some something in there. People were it's funny because people were sending me um theories <laughs> I tweeted that people were tweeting me like this is my theory this is what I think is happening oh, yeah. and then we, we had conversations about it and that's honestly why I love Twitter mm -hmm. like that is the best part of Twitter for me it's like talking with people about real everyday stuff mm -hmm. like that 
Yeah, you yeah. can build such a community on Twitter. Um, just yeah. being able to interact with people. I say it's like one big like uh, chat room. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're just a hashtag away from finding someone with your same interests and and everything. That's so true. So, for the people, even if we don't feel like we're having a, a mental wellness problem, as you said, there's one in four. Uh, people um, who are so odds are someone in our community someone around us in our family our friends someone is probably going through an issue and what how can we be better um, friends better um, sisters brothers to them and encourage them that's a beautiful question so I wrote a blog, it's on my website, and it's nine ways to love someone through depression that actually helps. Oh, wow. And I, that's probably my favorite one, and I'm totally not trying to boast, but <laughs> it's just like I wrote it from a personal place, but um, it can it can cross over to any mental illness, any issue. And it's and I had a lot of people in our faith and mental wellness group who are who have diagnosis who have shared this with people that they love. So I hope that's a sign that this actually is valid. Um, But one of the things um, one of the eight ways is listen non judgmentally, we really need to um, kind of take down the automatic labels that we might have of someone and just listen. Um, I think a lot of things that people, and I've done in the past that we do wrong is we're so quick to give advice, especially in the faith community. (laughs) We'll just read your Bible more. We'll just pray more. We'll just, you know, well, did you go to church? And then you're shooting these things off. And it's like, just listen, Mm. because for a lot of these people, they are doing these things. And, um, you know, it's not the practices, it's the internal conversations that they're having. And it's, it's sometimes it's chemical imbalances. It's, um, sometimes they just need to express themselves. There's so much healing that just listening provides that the most profound advice cannot equate to. Genuine listening says, I'm here with you. I hear you. I may not even completely understand what you're going through, but I want to understand you. And that is, that is powerful. So listening non-judgmentally, um, not being so quick to shoot off um, advice. Um, praying together obviously is a big one. Um, sometimes you just don't, when you're depressed or you feel far away from God or your faith, like something is wrong with you, you don't have the strength to pray. Um, so praying with someone and saying, here, let me pray for you, or let's pray together. That can, that can break down a wall that they couldn't break down themselves. Um, being patient is another big one too, because, you know, depression, anxiety, diagnosis, they're not something you just snap out of. If a person could get themselves out of it, um, then nobody would be depressed. Yeah. <laughs> nobody would be dealing with these things. Um, sometimes people go through it weeks, months, or over the course of their lifetime, and it's not something that can be self-undone. So not pressuring them or having the expectation that they will recover overnight. Being, being ready to be patient because recovery is a process. Um, also not belittling their feelings. Um, I think a lot of people who don't understand mental illness um, think that this is the worst uh, stigma, that they could just shake it off, pray it off, read your word. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's, 
it's it's a process, like I said before. So not to belittle their feelings and what they're going through. Practicing empathy instead of sympathy is another really, really big one. Um, so empathy is saying, I understand you. I'm here with you. You are one broken human being speaking to another broken human being. You know, um, sympathy can be more of like, I'm sorry for you. You know, you need help yeah, type of thing. Yeah, they might feel like they're getting, you know, pitied, I guess, versus someone listening to them. Right. So having a perspective of empathy rather than sympathy, instead of like, together me and broken you, not that, but broken me and broken you. Let's, let's, let's figure this out together. How can I help you? How can I be here for you? Um, Paying attention and providing accountable feedback is a big one um, because I believe this can save lives. It's um, when you check. Sometimes, you know, we don't even know the level of what's wrong with us. We just know that we are not ourselves, but we don't we, we don't know how deep it is and we can't really get ourselves out. So if you're that person that can say, hey, I noticed that you know, you've been a, a bit down lately, or you haven't been really eating, or, you know, you haven't been yourself, is everything okay? And then how long have you felt this way? Or even have you when you hear that certain things, have you have you thought about suicide? Have you had suicidal thoughts lately? Have you ever, you know, you know, what I'm saying because if somebody's yeah. like, yeah, then it's like, okay, well, let's talk about this. Or how can I help? Like, or, you know, I know somebody who can help or whatever, you know, you want to pay attention to those things. And, um, a lot of that comes with educating yourself. Obviously that's the biggest one. If you know someone or you have someone in your family who's dealing with bipolar disorder, BPD, depression, anxiety, the more you educate yourself about it, the more it will break down the elephant. Um, you know what I'm saying? Cause sometimes things seem so big that's wrong with somebody that we're almost intimidated with how to approach it. And so we don't, so we don't, or just, I'll pray for you. You know, you kind of keep a distance because it's like, whoa, I don't know what to do with this. The more you understand it, the more you know about it, the better you can engage. Before I really, I, before I didn't know how to deal with people with suicidal thoughts, even though I had them as a teenager, you know, it was like, it seemed really big. It seemed really heavy. It was just like, I don't even know how to tackle this elephant. But the more I understood it, the more I could engage people and say, Hey, are you having suicidal thoughts? Why do you feel like you want to kill yourself? You know, what are you holding on to? You know, do you have a, you know, do you have a diagnosis? Have you talked to somebody about this? You can approach it more confidently. Mm -hmm. And that's what people need an anchor. When you're depressed or anxious, you are so hyper-focused on the negative that you can't even see like the positive things or the other opportunities or the other blessings you have around you. Cause all you can see is what you lack and what you're not and how life bad, how bad life is. Um, even though there's other signs all around you. Um, and so to have somebody around you who can continue to not fake it, not fake it, like, it, you know, everything's fine and it's clearly not, or you'll be okay. And they're clearly not. Don't do that. Yeah. You know? But just more so like, Hey, when you see them do something positive, Hey, I saw that you, um, you know, wrote a new blog. I know that it's, you've been down lately. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you for, you know, for completing that or for finishing that. I know that it's been a hard week. I'm so proud of you for pushing through. Like, you know, you know, just, just highlighting positive things that is like, Oh wait, 
I, I did accomplish something. Oh, wait, I am making progress. I am doing okay. You know, if you can encourage those moments, um, that, that, that encourages healthy behavior and it, and it can help shift and balance their perspective. Oh, yeah. I know that will be so helpful for um, people who are listening to um, understand how they can encourage others. Yeah. So, yeah, it reminds me of the, um, the Stephen Covey quote who he wrote the seven highly or the oh. seven habits of highly effective people is to seek first That's to understand cool. then to be understood. Right. Yes. Great book, by the way. And speaking of education, and um, you mentioned learning about learning about mental wellness, what will be a good starting point? Um, I know you mm-hmm. have your your blogs and anything, but and yeah. and everything on your site, which is is great as well. Was there any um, resources um, that kind of are, can help people get more uh, yeah, aware I'm- of mental wellness? Yeah. Okay. So, um, online they have mental health screenings or assessments. So if you feel like you might be dealing with it, um, that's kind of a quick way. It's, it's, so it's, you know, it's general, but it's a quick way to do an assessment on how you're feeling, how you've been, if you've been eating less or more than usual, sleeping less or more, having thoughts of hopelessness, whatever. It will help you screen and level where you are on terms terms of how serious you may or may not be dealing with mental illness. So that's one thing that a person can do from just from home or even their phone. Take an online mental health assessment or screening. Um, but also follow up with it, you know, um, some ways that you can follow up. I know if you're a student, um, a lot of schools have offer clinical therapy on campus. <laughs> a lot of people don't say, I don't see why I, when I was like having, dealing with stuff, even though it wasn't that serious, I went and saw one just cause I knew I was off. It was like, look, I'm not myself and I need to figure out what's going on. And I saw her and it was very helpful. Um, so if you're a student, there's a clip usually, it's along with your student fees, it's included, you can see an on, on, on campus clinical therapist who will also usually do one of these mental health assessments or screenings. So that's one way. Um, I have an anxiety detox that a lot of people have been telling me that have been helpful. It's a seven day e-series. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, psychologytoday.com is not necessarily a Christian site, but you can look for therapists on there and put the filter for a Christian. And you can find Christian therapists on there. Same with um, the American Association of Christian Counselors. You can have find a counselor uh, on there. NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, you can go to find support, and you can find support in your area. You can visit your local Department of Human Services or Public Social Services if to see if they can provide you with any health care if you're in a situation where you can't afford it or very low income. And health care includes mental health care. Um, and getting involved in just groups in your church, support groups, celebrate recovery is a great one. I mean, they I don't think they usually have one specifically for like depression or anxiety, but it's still good to go because they have categories that fall within there. Um, yeah, so there are different buying books, obviously, is a way. Um, you know, there's, there is my blog, but I always like to tell people, look, my blog is like a, is like a support for mental health. It does not replace a professional 
or your faith community or the social support that you need. You need all of it when it comes to recovery. So get all you can. Um, and even when you start being proactive about it, that I know for me, just the thought that I am doing something to take charge of my situation and turn it around, you know, whether it's going to a group or reaching out to a friend or taking assessment or setting up that first, you know, meeting, even just that opens the door to some hope, you know, yeah. um, so start somewhere, you know? Yeah. That's good. You mentioned your anxiety detox. Um, I know you have, a, a ton of, of blogs. I, I was going to ask if you wanted to list some of some of those as well. Um, yeah, being proactive, it just reminds me of like preventative, I almost say preventative maintenance for a car, just staying in community, um, doing things that are going to keep you, um, keep your mental wellness where it yeah. should be, um, being, like you said, being aware and um, I'm, I'm sure you have blog posts that mention like just things about like self-care, the importance of self-care and just taking care of yourself. As yeah. Well. Yeah. Some of the blogs I have are, um, so one of the last ones I wrote was finding God's purpose through depression. Um, depression is very, a, ha- a very hazy place to be in. Um, you kind of feel like you don't have anything to grab onto in hope, faith, identity. You're just kind of adrift. And so I wrote that blog for that person um, on, and it's really the whole premise is, you know, your purpose may just be to take it one day at a time. <laughs> that may be your purpose right now um, to get help one day at a time and focus on that. Um, so that's, I like that one. And then um, the, the, um, Oh, it's, um, shoot. It's, it's, it was one of my most viewed ones. Oh, um, oh great. Now it just slipped me because <laughs> I'm trying to think about it. So now it's slipping me. Um, oh, when you feel like God isn't there for you, mm-hmm. that's a, that for some reason that went viral on Pinterest. So that one seems to be helping people a lot. It's just that feeling of, you know, God, where are you? Like I, I've, I'm serving you. I I'm here you know, I haven't quote unquote done anything like wrong. I've been faithful. Why are you, where are you? Why are you letting me go through this? Why are you letting me suffer? (laughs) You know, it's real. So that's a good one. Um, there's just a few, Oh, when insecurity is sabotaging your relationship, especially if you're someone who deals with anxiety and insecurity, if you have, if you have a hard time being in a healthy relationship because your anxiety is telling you not to trust the person or, you know, they could be doing this or they could be doing that or, and it's just disturbing your chances of having a healthy relationship with someone, you know, is a good person and has character you can trust, but you're getting in your own way. Mm. That's very common. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, you're right. There's a lot on there and you kind of just have to go through it and hopefully something speaks to you and is helpful. I write everything honestly from my own heart, my own vulnerabilities. And when people tell me, Oh, this connected with me, this connected with me. I'm like, yeah, I wrote from my darkness. Um, and I hopefully, you know, it's, it's, it does have a soul to soul connection that brings hope. Yeah. And from what I've read, 
on, on your site. Yeah, you seem so personable and so, um, like you said, genuine. I, and yeah. you, the way you break down the topics, like if you are in an, you have an area you're dealing with, you can always like go and I think it's split up all like anxiety, depression, it kind of, you can sort through things that might be more relevant to you, but they're all really, really great articles. And because of those, those blogs, oh. I, that's where I ended up following you online on um, Twitter oh, right. and Instagram. <laughs> so it just, and your personality just spills <laughs> onto those onto social media as well. Um, would you uh, share your social media with people um, if they want to follow you also? Sure, that's really cool that you've said that, by the way. I'm, I'm, it means a lot to me that you said that you feel like it's vulnerable because it took a lot for me to do that. Um, I feared showing too much of myself and my flaws and my, the things I struggled with because of what we said earlier, how you're supposed to be, you know, People with people are going to look up, you know, to you and you're going to be a leader, then you should probably have it together. Mm. And you not, you don't, no matter where you are, there's no discrimination <laughs> when it comes to mental health and all of this. So I appreciate you saying that because that's what I was hoping to accomplish, even just for myself was to open up more and be more vulnerable. Um, my, my handles are Brittany Moses, B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y-M-O-S-E-S, except for in Twitter, if there's an underscore, it's Brittany underscore Moses. Um, and so, yeah, I think that me and like one other girl are like, the, <laughs> one other girl, she, bre- she beat me to that Brittany Moses. Oh no. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Oh yeah. I uh, thought about messaging her too, like, hey. You want to uh, just give me that Twitter handle? <laughs> you, yeah, you, you never know, especially if you're <laughs> if she knows you're, you know, more of a someone who who has followers and things who that can make people find you easier because they might go on her uh, page looking for you, you know. True, true. Like so. maybe this can be a win win situation. Right? <laughs> I like the way you think. So um, and again, your website is um, www.brittany. N-E-Y-A-Moses.com. And was there anything you wanted to add on that we didn't talk about earlier? Yeah, I'll just add one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I want to talk about medication um, because that gets brought up a lot. And um, a lot of people I know are on medication or are struggling with the idea of medication. And um, I there are, are two extremes. You know, there are people who are completely against it. And then there are people who, um, you know, are afraid of becoming dependent on it. And I just wanted to clarify that taking medication is not the opposite of faith. They don't have to be incongruent. Um, you know, it's just mental illness in many ways can be exactly like any other chronic illness, diabetes, heart problems, <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> you. Um, just like, you know, the brain is still a physiological part of the body. It is a network made up of neural connections, neurotransmitters, neurochemicals, and any one of these things can go wrong as things do in our body when we live in a broken and fallen world. Um, so there can be chemical imbalances where you're having a deficiency of serotonin or a hyperactive chemical that's going on that is contributing to your um imbalances and deficiencies and so what medication will do it was it, it will you know either increase 
a level that's been that's low, like serotonin, which contributes to mood balance, or it will help strengthen weak connections um, that are needed to just kind of have mentally well balanced, a mentally well balanced life. Um, you know, and sometimes in some cases with medication, if a person who's having something more episodic, um, they'll use a medication just to get you to a place where you can receive the treatment skills and tools you need to cope and then wean you off of it. So you can further use those skills. Every situation is different. Um, so I say, you know, when it comes to medication, we don't, we don't, we don't throw it out the window for anything else, you know, um, and it doesn't need to be thrown out the window for mental health. And I think that we, the more we understand the brain and how it operates and see mental health as a physical component as well, the more we'll understand um, that they are not opposite each other. Um, so also for those who are on medication, um, a lot of times they say medication makes them feel worse. And sometimes it takes time for your body to adjust or for your clinician to make sure they're getting the right levels for your body or make sure that one works for your body, say, better than the other, or they may have to switch. And sometimes it can feel like kind of a, um, a hit or miss or a mix and matching game. But when you find the right dosage and the right level for you, uh, many of those who I've talked to who are on it, it has changed their lives. Mm. Um, it has stabilized them. It has allowed them to live a functioning life and keep a job or whatever it is that has been an issue for them. And so, yeah, you kind of might have to go through um, the storm to get to, before you get to the calm. Um, but talk about it with your clinician um, and don't just go off of it because then you'll really throw your balances off. I know people who have had suicidal thoughts or, or have tried to attempt it and I always ask them, are you typically on medication? Yeah, but I stopped because I was feeling better. And it's like, I, you know what I mean? But it really throws them off. And so talk to your clinician before you do it. If you think that you might need medication, talk to a clinician or therapist so they can properly assess you. Um, so I just wanted to say that, um, again, it's not the opposite. It's not all bad. Um, we know that God can deliver and heal beyond medication. We know that he is sovereign and he is all powerful. My philosophy is pray on your way to the doctor. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, th thanks yeah. for yeah sharing that. I, I, in the connection between, you know, faith and, and medicine that taking medicine isn't like turning your back on God or doesn't right. not, not thinking God won't do um, something to your life still, but just yeah. knowing that there are things out there that can help us on our journey and our, in the process as well. God uses people to help people. And many times people are doctors. And even if they don't recognize God, God has still endowed them with the skills and the wisdom because we know that um, revel revelational wisdom, knowledge, truth, you know, it all, it all comes back from God because he is the foundation of truth and knowledge. So even if they don't recognize it comes from him, these practical skills and tools that people use for people, it, it, it's good and it comes from him. So, yeah, yes. Well, thank you so much for your time, Brittany. Um, do you have any questions for me? Um, I'm trying to think. I thought I had one. Well, oh, well, I do want to ask really quickly what 
what do you, what have you seen? What has been your your experience as far as mental health in the church? Has it been a more positive one, a negative one, a neutral one? And what are your thoughts? Hmm. Personally, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm always curious oh. about. Yeah. Yeah, I would say it has been kind of neutral. I've seen we. Like you said, those uh, scriptures we go over about our, the importance of our heart, but it's I don't I usually it's not from the um, context of mental wellness. It's kind of more so I guess from like your when you say your heart, it's your mind, your will, and emotions, and we focus more on like the emotions in our our will, knowing that you know our mental wellness is kind of the the center of all of that too. So we've I feel like there's been some progress made. And my church actually has a um, a wellness ministry. It's more so physical wellness, but okay. just knowing that they have that that wellness there, like they are considering more than just yes, we're a person, we're a spiritual being, but there's um, you know, all the different things within us that make up our our body. I feel like we're we're getting there as far as knowing that yes, we're we're spiritual beings, we're human. We also have you know our bodies and our minds that need to be taken care of as well. So I'm appreciating the the improvements I've seen, especially like I mentioned earlier, like in the media. And I'm sure when those people are, um, you know, talking about those issues like uh, depression and, and suicide, and I see it like trickle down, like those people that are on platforms. So then I listen yeah. to their music and then I'll share it with the people I know and uh, people who might um, be able to benefit from it. So it, it's great seeing the community kind of take take those yeah. that media and embrace it and not just say oh i'm not going to listen to this so it seems like people are getting um more receptive to those conversations you're right it's growing you know i think and that has to do with technology and social media as well awareness on things just grows and progresses faster and you know the world actually the world is really jumping on the mental health issues right now. Um, if you look at it in media and everything there, they really are. Um, and I think that as a church, which is the healing place, which you, when you think about it in history has been the healing place for soul care, that's where people have gone to, um, for soul care. It's like, we need to be of all people on this. You know, um, I'm not saying that every church needs to all of a sudden turn into a mental health clinic. Obviously, there are multiple issues <laughs> that need to be dealt with in the church. Um, but if we know one in four people are dealing with it and it is interfering with their faith and we are called to be healers, um, it's something that we can't afford to ignore. Um, people ask, you know, is it spiritual warfare or is it physiological? Mm. It's both. Yeah. It is both. <laughs> we know that there are, you know, unseen powers and principalities that are at work, you know. Um, so, and chances are, if you are a follower of Christ, you are really a target. Um, so it's both. Um, you need to maintain your mental health in a practical way. And you also need to be guarding yourself spiritually. You need to be in prayer. You need to be, um, you know, in the word. You need to be building yourself up. And that is actually also your power because you have Christ and he is the ultimate healer. He is the ultimate provider, protector, shelter. Um, and so we need to take action on both fronts. 
It's not necessarily one or the other. It's both. And I think that when we can get a good grasp on that as a community, as a faith community, as a church, um, we can really start um, slaying the beast, so to speak, <laughs> of, mental, <laughs> of mental illness. Oh, yeah, I think that's that's so great. You made that distinction that it's both. It's not either or because I know, you know, some churches, they think, well, in the past, like, you know, they think it's, oh, this is just a demon on someone or this is, you know, their issue, like you said earlier, because they, they might not have enough faith or it's something that is because of their belief or their belief or lack of belief. But like right. you said, it, it's definitely it's it's both. It's it's a matter. Yeah. I'm just really thankful you were you pointed that out. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, again, thank you so much for your time. And I would definitely advise um, you guys to check out Brittany's site, follow her on social media, um, just read. And, oh, we didn't even, oh, gosh, forgive me. We didn't even talk about the app. Yeah. But to go to Google Play, go to uh, your, what's, I don't have an iPhone. I think it's like the Apple Store. Um, download the Faith and uh, mental wellness app uh, it's it has like a white and gold icon um, it lets you access all of the resources on her site on your phone um, her journal prompts which are very cool she usually put out one for the month each month yeah, I think they're cool if I don't yeah. it's gotten to that point it started off as something I did for fun and now people hit me up with, <laughs> where's, journal prompt? where's journal prompt I'm like dang mm -hmm. you in school I'm, I will have at the end of the day <laughs> yeah there's journal and prompts the, oh go ahead the notifications yeah. I've been trying to get that out more often but there are those daily notifications oh with, yeah right yeah. right definitely getting get some encouragement throughout the day and um encouraged to you know go go out and guard your heart and all these things we talked about because there there's always you know attacks coming in at us from outside and from within and that app will definitely help you um in in those areas so yeah is there anything else you want to add about the app no not i mean there are worksheets in there as well mm -hmm. um which some people find helpful i'm about to roll out a new feature which i can't talk about but Ooh. it's gonna be and look out for it um <laughs> So, yeah, because I actually have to head out. But, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for, for letting me share. This is a topic that's near and dear to my heart, so I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about it. No, no problem. And we we would – and we I was telling you earlier, mental, mental wellness is such a broad topic. Like, I could definitely um, see you coming on again, all these different topics. Let's like, do it. They could be – oh, gosh – so so many so much potential um out there so yeah we'll definitely yeah. have to see um if we can get you again in the future i'm so down let's do it <laughs> all right thanks follow us on social media check out our website at www.goandgrowshow.com or you can find us on twitter facebook instagram and our handle is go and grow show Please don't forget to leave us an iTunes review and remember, share the fun and share our episodes with family, friends, coworkers, or anyone that wants to be encouraged.